0: His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. And your forever. A whole piece of paper in a notebook <laughs> with a hundred other folded pieces of paper and think you're going to find it because you're not. Uh. <sighs> well, I, I want you all to be praying because I really felt like that um, the Lord wanted, um, this is a time of the Lord speaking, this is a time of revelation, this is a season where uh, God wants us hearing, he wants us to hear what he's saying, he wants to renew and bring us into a, a, a new place. And so I just want everyone to be praying because I'm going to ask at the very end of the service Um that you would just go and speak to someone and give them something that you're just hearing from the Lord. It can be, honestly, who would think with with Jody that she needed to hear your eyes are okay, you know. But God knows what we need to hear, and he wants us to know that he's active. And what's so amazing about the Holy Spirit is it's the same Holy Spirit, and we will hear the exact same words that we see given somewhere else, We will hear the exact same words here, and it will be, oh my goodness, that's what he was saying, and it's the same flow, because the Holy Spirit speaks to his children, and we all already are one church, no matter where we worship, and we hear the same voice together. We all do. And so, um, I just want you to be praying, and just say, Lord, if you've got anything for me to give to someone, then just speak it to me. Father, I want to thank you for uh, Rosh Hashanah for the beginning of the new year. It's also a time, Lord, of repentance and seeking, um, Lord, the new things. Lord, one of the things with Yom Kippur is just the honor of the word again. Lord, that we would have the fear of the Lord in this land. That we would love you like you deserve to be loved. So, Lord, I just pray this morning that you would speak to all of us. God, I want to hear. Ron and I prayed this week that our ears would be open to you and our eyes would be open. We want to hear from you. You are the source. Lord, I just ask that whatever you want spoken, Lord, you would do this morning too. I thank you. Well, one of the things that I was trying to find the word, I had actually run it off, but it, and I can't even remember the name of the guy that had it, <laughs> which is terrible. I told Ron. Anyway, but he was talking about Rosh Hashanah, and he said that God was going to bring about words that were given to you in 2011 that he was going to bring about that this was a time of repayment, it was a time of restitution, it was a time of justice. And I know I had seen all those justice angels, but it's a time where he's spoken something and it didn't come to pass in... in um, 2011 but he gave you the word and so I had a ton of words I had a ton of words of revival I had all kinds of things in 2011 which I thought was unusual because I didn't realize I had that but one of them was a very very clear word we had gone out to um, Brian Lakes and I don't know where we were at I don't remember. It Maryland? We're, okay. And we had gone out there. And I remember, and so I'm going to speak this to Eric, too, but Eric Hamill clearly had a word. His son had just backslidden and walked away from the Lord, and his son was uh, picking a lifestyle that was, was grievous to Eric. And he's not seen him or talked to him other than a bad situation one time in all of those seven years. And yet, God spoke, I stood there beside him as, um, and I don't know, it it, it might have been Brian Lake, It it was one of the main speakers, and they said, I've had a word for you the whole service. And they said, your son has walked away from the Lord, and he's walked away from the you in these situations. It's very, very painful to you right now. But the Lord says to you, you're going to see your son return, and you're going to see full salvation. And that was in 2011, because I wrote down, that was one of them. I went, okay, there's one where the enemy took it, took out a situation. We decl- declare a repayment seven times over. So... The one that I had, which uh, now you hear far more, but I had where there was two generations, and it was actually three, and we were all standing down below a stage, and um, uh, we were supposed to get up and begin to sing together three generations in the Lord. But the problem was the older generation... And, the, and now I am the older generation, had to break off things that were like, I'm sorry, we don't do it this way. And I can tell you, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Seriously, ask some of us. It is, because you've learned, you know, it was the right way to do things, and, and, and now God is doing something, and it's not that the things we learned were not good, but there is more and a higher way, And so the older generation had to be willing to be open to the younger generations as they were having encounters with the Lord. And their encounters weren't always the same. Now, Jesus is always the same. But their encounters, and I know for us in the Jesus movement, our encounters had rock and roll in it. And there was a big, big division in the church because of our music. And I'm going... I don't want music to be a division. I don't want style to be a division. We also start having long hair. I don't, I don't want any of these things. Now, drugs, wrong. Wrong then, wrong now. You know, I mean, there are things that were standards that, that the church had that we needed the wisdom of. You know, because we had, we had ones that had come to the Lord and they were still not only smoking pot but doing drugs, you know. And it was like, oh, whatever, you know. We needed that older generation to go, no, that's not a good thing. So it isn't that God ever throws out uh, the old. He doesn't throw the old out. He wants it to come in with the new. So in this dream all three generations. And they were reluctant, but one by one got up on the stage together. And it was actually a, a, a young, young boy, uh, a middle-aged boy, and then an older man, and it was three, three of them. And they linked arms, and they began to sing together in unity, and the move of God broke out everywhere. I believe that that is going to be a sign It's not going to be divided churches. It's not going to be, it's got to be this way or that way. And yes, the older generation needs to be able to change, willing to change. And the younger generations need to be able to embrace the wisdom of the elder. Anyway, the Lord had given Ron and I, the spirit of Elijah, had spoken that word to us before we ever understood anything i don't think we understood much in our bible (laughs) and yet he gave us that that i've given you a call the spirit of elijah to call the hearts of the fathers back to love their children and you know in this church we're all about fathers not only loving their children but being very present in their children's lives and being a strong strong presence over the home not dominating, but loving and loving and loving. And then, the, and the mothers, the same way. Mothers, very, very involved. I grew up with no involvement with my, my mother. And, and and so very, very involved. Our mothers are mothers here. I mean, they're mothers here. Because it's very, very important that that heart be, be, be established so that you'll have generations. But it is also important that the younger generation will come in and go, that is wisdom, and listen to the wisdom of the elder. So if you got all three of those together, you're talking Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're talking a bond and a, and a, a move. So that word was given to me in 2011, and I said, okay, God, I'm asking for it now. I'm asking for it now. But what I want to say is, and so this was really my word. That, that was just a, uh, something he was speaking to me earlier this morning. But this is my word. My word is that life is a process. And the ones who make it to the end are the winners. Now, I, I, I'm serious. This is, a, this is a wisdom thing. But the ones who make it to the end are the winners. Caleb in the Bible made it to the end. Caleb made it through 40 years of disappointment. So did Joshua. It is hard to imagine, but God rewarded Caleb because Caleb never let go of what God had promised. Caleb never let go of what God had promised. Caleb saw the promised land, and then he got jerked away from the promised land, and he had to walk for 40 years. He said at 85, age 85, he was determined to settle for nothing less than what God has promised. Now, I'm going to challenge the older generation do you have promises from God? Are you going to give up? I believe whether you give up or not, you'll still have a reward in heaven, okay? I do. I was talking to Ron this morning, and I don't, I, I, most of you know who Cindy Jacobs is. Cindy Jacobs is a powerful prophet all over the world. Amazing, amazing woman who has walked in and brought revival in Argentina and all kinds of places. But she was raised in a little church in a little town like in Owen County, like Spencer. Raised in a little church, and and her father was mistreated by the church. The father, I think, was the pastor and kicked out. And I've heard of that, you know, of people kicking their pastors out. And he was kicked out. And he was uh, almost 50, I think. And it made him so discouraged. And I can tell you, people, we're called to love one another everything is about relationship. You need to love every person that you see in this building. You need to love people and let them know you appreciate them. I appreciate Paul and Laura every Sunday. You don't ask them, but right there at the door. Nobody said, would you greet people? They just said, it's in our hearts. We just want to do it, and they do it, and they do it well, and they do it with all their hearts. But I'm going to tell you, God wants us to appreciate. I could go around the room and talk about what I appreciate in every single one of you. But the church is known for not appreciating, but becoming religious with each other and standards. And we've all walked that way, and we all are not walking that way now, okay? But anyway, and the church kicked him out, and he lost hope, and he lost heart, and he died. It just killed him. And I can tell you, heartache can kill you. You can die of heartache. You really can. And it killed him. And Cindy got bitter. And Cindy was angry. She was angry at the whole town that they would let that happen to her father, her beloved daddy. And he was a beloved daddy to her. He had raised her in the Lord, he had trained her. And she was bitter. And she was angry. And she said, I did not, I didn't want anything to do with those people. She was getting ready to get ordained. Now, as a woman getting ordained, that wasn't a great thing. Even <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a challenge, okay? Well, she was at a church that they were getting ready to ordain her and decided they had something else to do and put her over to the side while they did their other things. So here she is dealing with being pushed aside, bitterness over her father, and a call of God on her life. And the Lord said to her when she was pushed aside, you're either going to forgive them all and walk in my forgiveness or I cannot give you the call on your life. And she did. She forgave all those people. And all of you have had times where you've been hurt by people. Everybody's been hurt. But she forgave. And she forgave those ministers that pushed her aside. God has used her to spark revival all over the world. And I felt like the Lord said, I said, Lord, what's the good story with the poor minister that got beat up and then died? I mean, I'm, I'm like, what's the good story, said his daughter? He has world fruit. He has world fruit because he was faithful in what God gave him to do. And yes, he got discouraged and gave up at the end, but he didn't give up on Jesus. Well, I had had a dream at the same time, 2011, and it was my grandmother. And my grandmother was a little 411 preacher in a time where women didn't, that women do more now than they used to. But she had a congregation out in the country. Her husband had divorced her. She was raising five children by herself and this congregation, and the congregation was named Bethel. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, and she was faithful. And my grandma, to me, was Jesus. My grandma paid attention to me, and she was Jesus to me. And in this dream, she had been pushed to the side and ignored. And all of a sudden, the life had drained out of her. And I just kept loving on her. And Grandma, I love you. You don't don't understand the inheritance that I got from you gave me life. Thank you, Grandma. And I'm loving her. And the more I'm loving my grandmother, the more alive she's becoming in this dream. And so I got to the end of the dream, didn't know what it meant. And the Lord spoke to me and He said, When you dishonor the call that I've given you on your life as a woman minister, as a call to do what I've called you to do, you're dishonoring her. Now I'm going to tell you, every one of you have people that have been put things in your lives. And when you don't follow the Lord and follow the calls that he's put into you, you dishonor those that have given to you. And God's going, I want everyone to have the full reward and the full fruit. So here's Caleb. And Caleb is amazing. He really is. He said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I can tell you, if you're a voice of strength, you're going to be around a lot that aren't. And you're going to have to be the voice that says, this is the right way to go. This is what we need to do. Because you're going to have voices all around you that not just melt in fear, but, oh, it's not that bad. You don't need to, and cause us to come into ease. One of the words for this hour is don't come into ease. Ease is, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm kind of floating along. And God's going, I don't need floaters. I don't either. I don't need floaters. I need those who are not at ease, that are filling their own oil. Do you know the scripture where where they, the oil was not filled and the women went to the others to get the oil? The reason they couldn't give them their oils, it's only as you endure that you get the oil. Caleb had the oil because he endured. He was getting the oil because of endurance. He did not get the oil to give to the younger generation if he didn't endure and go after Jesus himself nobody can go after him for you it is not an hour to be at ease this nation we cannot be at ease of where we're at we need to be pursuing him with all our lives anyway he says the hearts of the people melted in fear however i followed the lord wholeheartedly he was filling his flask with the oil of the lord The Lord wasn't put on the side, a a side note. He was filling it. I'm telling you, if there's nothing else you do in your life, that, that time with the Lord and that intercession and that place of filling is the most important thing you can ever do. I don't care what jobs you have. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care what your reputation is. Where's your oil? Where is your oil? Anyway, he said, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God so that, that day moses swore to me the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you followed the lord your god wholeheartedly now then just as the lord promised he's kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said to moses while while Israel moved about in the, in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. And I'm still as strong today because the oil will keep you strong. As the day Moses sent me out, I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me this day. You yourselves heard then that the Anakites were there, and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out. Then Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him his inheritance in Hebron. And Hebron is the place where Jerusalem was. Hebron is the place where David danced before the Lord. Hebron is the place, and it was because Caleb's oil didn't go out, because Caleb didn't give up. But like Life has cycles. Life has cycles. You have seasons of loss. Anybody had a season of loss in their life? Then you have seasons of victory. And you don't give up on any of them. You think Caleb didn't have seasons of loss? He had to walk away back into the wilderness when he knew that land could be his. His. Because he had to stay with what God had for his life, which was the people of Israel. Caleb was called to walk with the people of Israel, and he had to stay. Can you imagine, time after time, what he walked through? Here's another time. And, this is a big one, watching him die. Because those who had unbelief died in the wilderness. So he had to watch all his friends, all his beloved people dying. But he had his eyes on the promise. I'm just going to say to you, sometimes we think our trials are so long. And I'm thinking, 40 years? Really? Well, I've been crying out for revival for 40 years. I believe I'm going to see it in this nation. Ron saw the same vision you did, Tony, of people dancing in the street. I saw that exact same vision when we went to the call with Lou Engel. I saw the exact same thing. People excited about Jesus. And why wouldn't they be? Come on. Seriously. Why wouldn't you be excited about Jesus? I don't, I I can't figure it. I really can't. Sometimes we are at a place, I think God uses people who simply outlast the devil. I believe God uses people that simply outlast the devil. Well, you don't quit. The church in America has not quit, the prayer movement has never quit. We're going to outlast this season. I believe, of abortion. That's my biggest, biggest one. We've been a season of Moloch. We've offered our babies for our convenience. We may not look like Manasseh did, but we've acted that way. And don't I have a right? No. You will never have a right to take another life. No. No. Well, I did take a life. You're forgiven. I took the life of Jesus with my own sin. Forgiveness is as much there for those who had abortion as it is for me. I want to talk about something that's just a truth that I have learned over the years. I can tell you I don't look at anybody's sin when I pray with people and think I would never do that. I don't. I have had, and I don't know why, since I was tiny, except for the grace of God, I would be in those shoes. I could make those decisions, but God's grace has kept me, and it's made my message say, cling to his grace. Cling to him. He'll help you when you feel there is no help. He'll help you. Those are those seasons. You go through seasons. I think God uses people who simply outlast the devil. Like Caleb, they are wholehearted and full of defiant hope. I thank God he made me determined. I do. I was a little kid in the fifth grade, and they wanted me to swim in an Olympic pool before I went off the diving board. And I had to swim both lengths. I didn't quit. I didn't care if I was drowning. I was going to go off that diving board. (laughs) And I remember our teacher saying to my dad, that girl is one determined little girl. I want to tell you that my determination comes from the grace of God. He's the one that's got me up through life cycles over and over and over again. But they're not over. Last year when they diagnosed Ron with the um, cancer, and I sit there and heard that doctor say, you'll be dead within a year. I'm going, I'm not listening to you. That's all I could feel. I'm not listening to you. And we went out of there and we prayed. And we took communion. And we cried out to the Lord and said, give us answers. And yes, you do partner with the Lord. We started doing a cleanse because he had all those chemicals in him. And we started juicing and doing all of those things. And then there came a point where he needed something that would come against the cancer cells. And we did that. And, and, and the doctor said to us, this is remarkable. You have done remarkable. I, I don't really understand it, but everything you've done has just been remarkable. Whatever you're doing, keep doing and she wasn't a Christian, and we said, it's Jesus. Yes, he is on a keto diet. Yes, we still watch all the things we do, but but it's Jesus because he's given us grace, determination to go forward. I have determination that this church is not only gonna have revival and this city's gonna have revival, but we're gonna have a bigger church. And Ethan came to me and he says, Hey, I've got some plans I've been looking at, you know, and, and they're young. And I'm thinking, you do it, because I'm not, you know, thank God for the younger ones coming in, right? But the determination, it was, yeah, I want a place where where we got a nursery where parents can look out and see, see what's going on while they're playing, you know, or whatever the thing is. I want rooms where we can have more classrooms. I want to see those things. And, yeah, we've gone to where we've been packed out, but we still couldn't afford to build. So, Lord, I'm asking you, and you gave me a prophetic word that we were going to have a new building and a bigger building. And so, God, I ask that for the new season and for all those that are going to come in and find you, and we're going to go out and find them because we're going to go out and find them. Sometimes I think God uses people who simply outlast the devil. Grace to outlast the devil. Grace to outlast the devil. Grace to outlast the devil. Clear minds. Clear minds. And hope. And hope. I believe God uses me today because I'm still here. And I want to honor my grandmother's memory. Because it was Jesus. And I want my children to honor our memory because of Jesus. So it ain't over till it's over. I'd like us to stand. I just want to read something that I believe probably Caleb and many others that have stood through season upon season have said, I'm still here. Everybody want to say that? I'm, still here. I'm just saying, they tried to take me out, but I'm still alive. Along the way, I've lost a lot of people who I loved. And I believe Caleb said that. I believe all of us can say that. I've seen a lot of dreams die. I've seen so many relational disasters. And I felt so many disappointments. I've struggled to make ends meet more than once. I've walked through many health challenges. I felt lonely and sometimes despised. I didn't get the opportunities I hoped for. But I am still here. And my heart is whole and it's full of faith. Satan, on your best day, you didn't take me out on my worst day. I'm still here holding on to the God who fulfills every promise. He can't help it. He gave it, and it's his word, and his word just happens. You know, it may not happen in our timetable, but it happens. You know why? Jesus is the word, and he became flesh. It was the word spoken that he was going to come. And then he came, and he was the word, and it became flesh. Your words are going to become flesh. They're going to become reality. Jesus was the word that became reality on the earth. The Son of God came. He was the word that became reality. Your words are going to become reality. So if you don't have any words, you better get some. Ask God to give you words for this year. Ask God to give you dreams for this year. But you also need to believe the word will become flesh and bring reality. That's where we're at, and that's who we are. So I'm just going to pray this morning also that as you give a word, that it be a word that someone needed to hear, but a word that becomes reality. I believe that Jesus Christ is the healer. That's the word become reality. He's the provider. That's the word becoming reality. He's the healer of relationships. That's the word becoming reality. Father, right now, we just lift up our hearts to you, every single one of us here. Lord, we ask you for the grace to pursue you. Take the ease out of us and put diligence inside us from you to pursue you, to pursue you. You are the word, become flesh. Lord, let the word of God in our lives become flesh, reality in us, in every area that we have and need. Thank you for revival, I declare it. Thank you for the move of God. Thank you for the bigger building. Thank you for the works that you have. Thank you, Lord, for endurance to come in to a new season. We're still here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message.